thin and huge that it covered the whole temple. And the angels constantly cried, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with His glory. And from Isaiah's call, by all indication, he departs with one goal in mind. And that is to reveal to everyone that the Lord Redeemer and make Him known to everyone else. Throughout his prophecy and throughout his writing in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah has a goal and that is to show us that Jesus Christ is Almighty God. He does not hold back and as he began to teach and he begins to reveal and began to show us the things to come. He seems to crack, strike that chord over and over and over again. From Isaiah's prophecy, we find that Jesus would be born of a virgin. We find that the name would be called Emmanuel. God would be with us. We see that Isaiah's prophecy calls for you and I to come out from among them and be separate and to serve the Lord with a pure heart. His emphasis seems to be on nothing but truth, to reveal the truth and nothing but the truth. He calls for us to identify with Jesus Christ, to have apostolic identity. He calls for us to worship the Lord, to walk in unity, and prepare ourselves for heaven, and to separate ourselves from the sins of this world. Isaiah begins to draw our attention to Israel and how they had rejected God and how they had walked away from God. And now they find themselves in 70 years of captivity. And he brings to our vision an understanding that in the desert now is barren. The desert, amen, is parched ground. When there's no souls there, when there's no life there, amen, the land will become barren. The land will not be used. Uh, as we heard in our Sunday school this morning, that the land will be growing weeds and there won't be no crops, amen, because the people are in captivity. But Isaiah strikes a chord and he begins to give clear understanding that because of God's love and God's mercy and God's kindness and God's faithfulness that he would draw his people back again. Amen. He would bring them out of captivity and would bring them back to their land unto Zion. And he says, and the land will be grown again and it will rejoice again and it will be excited again in the desert and in the wilderness. And so Isaiah begins to bring some things that was going to happen when Jesus showed up on the scene. Amen. And he began to say to us and to encourages us. He says, let, amen, that be not fearful. He wants you to understand to not fear and to not have fear in your heart. Amen. He says, be strong and fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. The Apostle Paul seems to strike this chord constantly to the church. Amen. In Thessalonica, he tell them, Do you that are troubled rest with me when the Lord shall descend from heaven 
and taking vengeance uh, on them that know not God, amen, who shall be revealed in the last days. He calls our attention that God will come and that God will prepare. So he says, don't be afraid, but just be strong because they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Uh, They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk uh, and not faint. Uh, He constantly drums the beat uh, throughout his prophecy for us to not fear because God will be with us. But Isaiah 41, he says, Fear thy not. I am with thee. Be thou not dismay. I am your God. I will help you. Yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of my power, saying, Fear not. In the 43rd chapter, he says, When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, I will be with you. When you walk through the fiery trials of your life, I will be with you because I have called you by your name. You are mine, saith the Lord of hosts. And so he encourages us to, to be strong. Amen. Be strong in the Lord, Paul says, and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in the high places. And so he calls our attention that God will come. Amen. And God will come with the recompense and he will save you. Amen. Because neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. As Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Amen. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And Isaiah goes on and he says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. We see that when Jesus came into the city in John chapter 9, his disciples asked him a question. Lord, who did sin that this man was born blind? His parents are something else. And Jesus says, None of them but that the glory of God should be revealed. And he made clay of spittle and he put in the man's eyes uh, and he sent him to the pool called Sent uh, and he had told him to go wash uh, in the pool and he went washing and he came again seeing to fulfill the prophecy that the blinded eyes uh, would be open. Jesus was walking through Jericho and as he was exiting Jericho the Bible said there was a blind man there by the name of Bonimaeus and when he heard that Jesus was passing that way, he said, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. And they told him to hold his peace. But he cried the more louder, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded that he would be brought to him. And when he was brought to Jesus, Jesus asked him, what would you have me to do? He says, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus says, Receive your sight. Thy faith have made thee whole. And immediately 
he received his sight and he followed Jesus in the way. The blinded eyes shall be open. And notice, he says, in the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. We see also Jesus comes upon a man and he could not speak nor could he hear. And Jesus places his fingers in the man's ears and he spit and he touched his tongue and he says apertha which means to be open and immediately his ears open and his tongue was loose. He spake plainly and he could hear because when Jesus comes the deaf ears are going to be unstopped and the dumb tongue is going to sing and he says then shall the lame man leap as a harp. Amen. Notice when Jesus Jesus showed up. Amen. They brought one in. They ripped the roof off the house. There by man of four. He was a paralegic. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And he stood up and took his bed and began to walk. And John chapter 5, Jesus came to the pool of Bethesda. And there was a man there that had been in his formities for 38 years. And Jesus said unto him, Would thou be made whole? He says, Lord, when the water is troubled, I have no one to help me. But while I'm coming, another stepped in before me. But Jesus said to him, Take up your bed and walk. And immediately he got up and began to walk. Because the lame shall walk, and the dumb shall hear, and the deaf tongue shall speak, and shall sing again. Where's all this going to happen, Isaiah said? In the wilderness. In the desert. Amen. There will be waters. Rivers of water breaking out in the desert. And in the dry places where nothing seems to grow is where God will operate. Sometimes in your life it's going to be dry. Sometimes it's going to be parched. But I come to tell you today, as Jesus told the woman at the well, I will be in you a well of water. Spring it up unto eternal life. There's going to be rivers. There's going to be streams in the desert where it doesn't seem like it. That's where the water is going to be. In Acts chapter 8, the Lord sent Philip down to the, the desert and he comes across an Ethiopian, amen, in the desert, reading the prophet Isaiah and he said to Philip who is he talking about is he speaking about himself or is he speaking about someone else and Philip opened his mouth and began to preach to him Jesus Christ and as they came on their way amen the man says here's water what doth hinder me to be baptized Philip says if thou can believe you can be baptized he he says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of Almighty God. And he took him into that pool and he baptized him in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Why? Because there's waters, there's pool of waters in the desert. Praise God. He will make pools, Isaiah said, in the desert and streams in the desert. 
Most people will tell you, you might find an oasis in the desert. But here is God. When Philip finds this eunuch, this Ethiopian, they're going on their way. And all of a sudden, here's a pool of water. Enough to be baptized in. Amen. And the eunuch says, here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? He says, you can if you believe. He says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. Fulfilling every prophecy that Isaiah spoke about Jesus Christ. But then Isaiah goes on and tells us, amen, and he begins to show us here that in this place there will also be a way. There will be a highway. And that way will be called holiness. See, holiness is a higher way because what holiness means is you're separating yourself from everything else and you're committing yourself to God. You're saying, I want to live for God with all my heart, all my mind, with all my soul, and with all my strength. You see, when you come into a relationship with Almighty God, it's got to be for God I live and for God I die. This is why holiness is so beautiful. This is why throughout scriptures it is portrayed as a wedding. You remember when Jesus told the parable about the man that gave the wedding sermon, amen, the wedding party, and he invited everyone to come, but they found excuses why they could not come. But then all of a sudden, they went into the highways and they went into the byways and they bid them to come to the marriage. But all of a sudden, when the bridegroom came in, he realized there sat a man that didn't have on a wedding garment. And he said to him, Son, how camest thou in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Amen. And as a result, he says, Bind him and cast him out. You see, in olden times and in olden days, they say, Amen, that the bridegroom had the responsibility to provide the wedding garments for all the people that was invited. So everyone that came to the wedding would have the same garment on. Amen. And that way, amen, the party would be more beautiful. This is why when you look at a really good wedding, you notice the bridesmaids are all in the same color. The bridegrooms are usually all in the same color. Amen. The bride, I mean the groom is usually in the same color of the bride's, I mean the groomsmen. The only person in the wedding that seems to be different in a beautiful wedding is the bride herself. She's usually in a white garment, which represents purity. That's what it stands for. And she's pure. She have kept herself pure for her bride. And this is why holiness is related to a wedding. You're supposed to be holy and pure and waiting for the bride. When we become children of God, when we're baptized 
baptized in Jesus' name. When we're filled with the Holy Ghost, we are called to walk in newness of life. It is preparing our minds and our hearts just like a wedding. We know the bridegroom is coming again. And so we walk in purity. We walk in holiness, preparing ourselves for that bride that we're going to, uh, that groom we're going to link up with. We got to be holy. This is why when you study the story of Esther, you notice, amen, about Esther. For a whole year, Esther is in preparation to meet the king. Amen. For six months, she's given oil and myrrh. And she soaks herself and prepares herself in that oil and myrrh. And then for the next six months, she's only given things that's going to purify her for the king that she's going to meet. It doesn't say he gave her all kinds of makeup and jewelry and all these things to try to make her pretty. No, he just gave her the things that she need to be beautiful, to purify herself. And the Bible says after that year when Esther appeared before the king, he loved her more than all the other women that came before her. And she was chosen to be the next queen. And he placed that royal crown upon her head. I've come to tell you today that Jesus have a crown waiting for you to make you the queen to place upon your head. But you got to be holy. You've got to keep yourself pure. you got to prepare yourself to meet Him. Amen. Now where you have a chance, every day we've got to prepare for the coming of the Lord. We want to purify ourselves. We want to keep ourselves holy. We don't want to be tarnished by the world, as Jude said. But you, beloved, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for and hasting for the soon coming of the Lord. Oh, some have compassion, make a difference. Others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating neither their garments spotted by the flesh. Amen. We've got to be holy. It's a higher way. It's a pure way. This is why most people hate the word holiness. This is why Satan hates the word holiness. Because it requires separation. Not to be like the world, but to be like Jesus Christ. On earth, I want to be like Him. All through life's journey, from earth to glory, I just want to be just like Him. Because we shall see Him as He is. And Isaiah says, And the redeemed shall return and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Amen. Because in the desert, in the wilderness, there's a higher way. There's a place called holiness. Amen. And none, he said, can walk up there but the pure in heart. You can't cross this road, he said, unless you are pure. You can't cross this road with uncleanliness in your life. This is why the drum beat by all the prophets 
prophets and all the apostles of Jesus Christ is to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you unto myself, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves with all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, and let us perfect holiness and the fear of God. Holiness is beautiful. It's separation. You're set apart for your king. You're set apart for the Lord of Lords and the King of all kings. It's not dipping and dabbing in the world, but it's saying, I love Jesus most of all. I got Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Oh, I want to see him. I want to look upon his face. God is seen forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. But that highway, Isaiah says, if you're unclean, you can't cross that highway. Amen. You've got to have the wedding garment to cross the highway. You've got to be clean. You've got to be pure. Your mind has got to be right in order to cross this way. That's why it is such a highway. Amen. For you and I, we have the purpose. I'm crossing it. I'm going to be there. Amen. I want my garments pure. I want my garments to be unspotted by the world. Praise God. Satan desires nothing better than to prevent you from crossing that highway. He would do everything in his power to stop you. This is why Jesus says in Isaiah chapter 1. I'm going to read that. Chapter verse 16. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 16 through 20. Wash you. Make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now and let's reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord have spoken it. Notice, God says, let's talk about it. He says, wash you. Make yourself clean. Put away the evil of your doing from before me. Cease to do evil. And learn to do good. He says, come on, let's reason together. He says, though your sins be as scarlet. I've read as crimson, it would be as scarlet. Amen. He's showing us, I'll clean you. That's why the waters of baptism is so important to a life. 
That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you got to be born again of the water and the spirit to enter the kingdom of heaven. Amen. You can't get there on your own merits. You can't cross this highway on your own merits. That's why the man that was in the wedding that didn't have his garment on was kicked out. He crossed over without a garment. You cross over without the right tools, you're going to get kicked out. Amen. We're not running this race. We're not going there to get kicked out. We're going there to be with him forever. And this is what the Lord wants. Amen. And therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return. And you will come with singing unto Zion. And every lasting joy will be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy. And sorrow and mourning shall flee away. When it's parched and dry, it's depressive. But when the water it's flowing when it's raining upon you. Amen. Springs and rivers in the desert. Amen. You can be refreshed. And that's why Isaiah says in Isaiah 28, 11 and 12, with stammering lips and another tongue, will I speak unto my people. Wherefore, he says, this is the rest that shall call the weary the rest. And this is the refreshing. But they would not hear it. Amen. The refreshing is the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit of God refreshing you, bring you. Jesus says, I am come that you might have life and that more abundantly. See, the Spirit is life in you, the hope of glory. Amen. And it prepares you and gets you on the right road. This is what Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 6.16. He says, stand you and ask, where's the old paths? Where's the good way? And walk therein and you shall find rest to your soul. Amen. But what did they say? We don't want to walk in there. See, that's why people don't like holiness. Because it's a requirement of separation. They want to have their cake and eat it too. No, you can't have the world and Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what Paul says. Don't you know? You can't eat at the table of the devil and the table of the Lord too. Amen. You've got to choose, as Joshua says, whom you will serve. He says, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand this morning. Amen. Praise God. Amen. There's a way called holiness. Are you in that way? Are you in that way? Amen. Are you on that road that's going to lead you to eternal life? Well, if not, let me encourage you today. The Apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost asked him, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises to you, and to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words did he testify and exalt, saying, Save yourselves 
from this untowards generation. And they that gladly received this word was baptized. And they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Amen. I come to tell you today, there's a highway. Amen. And none can walk up there but the pure and heart. Amen. And the redeemed will come with singing and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. Amen. If you feel you